Let's open our Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 3 for an opening verse of Scripture. 2 Peter chapter 3. The format of our first assembly today is a little different than usual, so I'll be a little shorter than usual for our first assembly. But I trust that together with all that's been done and all that shall be said now, that Jesus Christ will have all the preeminence. Let's remind ourselves of how Peter's epistles ended with one verse, the 18th verse. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. And so Peter ended his eight chapters that we have studied over recent months. The subject that the Lord has led us to is, we've entitled it, Higher Ground. Because we want to find a plane that we haven't known before. And that is for the Lord to elevate us by the things that He counts important in the New Testament, that as a church, we can be a better church that we can grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is the subject that I'm going to take up here with you for a few minutes. The subject isn't directly the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. The subject directly is, what can we do to exalt and emphasize and love Jesus Christ a little bit more in our personal lives and in the church? So understand that distinction. I'm thankful because of the way the Lord has led us, that if you were to go and type in sermons and look for the topic of Christ, there is much for you because God has led us to that. And so today is, oh, trust me, I will say some things about the Lord Jesus Christ. But the focus needs to be on what can we do to exalt Him a little bit more in our homes and in our church. The goal of this sermon series is to perfect our church by God's inspired goals and by our personal growth because of this verse being one of the theme verses about Christians and churches growing. But grow! We don't want to be stable. We don't want to be content. We don't want to be slothful. We don't want to be the same. We don't want the same o same when it comes to worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. He is new every day, and, it, and eternity isn't long enough for us to exhaust Him. Right. He will continue to amaze us in what we would call the last day of eternity. But eternity doesn't have a last day. It's just the best that we can say about the matter. All glory to Him. We want to give a church to Jesus Christ that is exceeding magnificent because He fully deserves it. We've just celebrated 35 years as a church, and though we're thankful, we want to press ahead. We need Paul's attitude toward past accomplishments, lest we think that we have apprehended the goal. We have not apprehended the goal. We have not apprehended that for which we were apprehended. If Paul said it, we should doubly say it, and italicize it and put it in bold all caps. We have not apprehended, but we want to seek to apprehend more. You should want to be reminded of ratcheting up your personal performance because we're soon going to meet the Lord. 
We want to identify things in the Bible, not things that men have come up with that make churches popular or great. Jesus commended Ephesus for nine good things, but his nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, was devastating. And we don't want to hear that. It needs to be a group project, my brethren, because a church is what every joint and every part supplies. So it's a group project for all of us. Our goal this morning, in the minutes that we have, our goal is to be more excited by the potential prize than threatened by judging any of our past failures. I don't want to be negative, I want to be positive, is what I'm saying by that. And I I want it to be received that way. I'm not going to belabor the individual points of things that God wants us to emphasize in our church until we lose sight of the aggregate goal of improving. I want us to be thinking of growing, changing, improving, so we won't spend too much time on the details. Rather than digging deep for theological nuances of points to emphasize more, which we've done in the past, and we're very capable of doing, and I say that we, for all of us, we want to summarize today. Altering priorities is not rocket science, but rather reminders of what we need to be doing and bringing them to the forefront. We love details about God and the Lord Jesus Christ and our salvation, as many of our documents and sermons prove. But today we just want to think of how can we emphasize them more? How can we make them more important to us as a church and persons? And I hope that I can give you some suggestions. We need no major overhaul. We need to make modest adjustments to our emphasis and priorities and just keep them there so that Jesus Christ is glorified in our church. Oh, let's talk about them. That is our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you enjoy Psalm 45? You better. Psalm 45 is a great psalm. Did you enjoy Philippians chapter 2, John 1, and Revelation chapter 1? Could you feel the excitement of Andrew and Philip going to get Peter and Nathaniel? We have found them! Yes, Austin, let's be like that. We have found them! Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? That's how lowly that place was considered. It'd be like us talking about Sparkle City. I just thought I'd throw that out to relieve the tension. That's Spartanburg next door to us. Our twin city. We ain't twins. We're thankful for Greenville, Lord, is all that means. We're thankful for Greenville. But those... Those apostles were so excited to go and share. Immediately they went to share. They were followers of John the Baptist, but not for long. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God. It's got an exclamation point in your King James Bible. And off they went to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus knew they were following and asked, and that excitement ought to permeate this whole church and all of us. We want to talk about the Lord Jesus Christ and encourage each other about Him. I hope that those four passages of Scripture already read have blessed you. God exalted the Lord Jesus Christ to His own right hand and expects all others to worship Him. Angels worshipped Him at His birth, and they also did at His ascension. God said to them in Hebrews chapter 1, Let all the angels of God worship Him. And when he ascended up into heaven, they broke forth a hundred million and millions and millions of them broke forth into his praise. God has given him a name which is above every name that Jonathan read to you. 
There is judgment for neglecting Jesus because if you neglect Jesus, you neglect the Father. If you dishonor Jesus, you dishonor the Father. And and consider how great that matter is to dishonor God by neglecting His only begotten and beloved Son. Jesus said in Luke chapter 19 verses 41 through 44 that there would be armies coming to encircle and encompass Jerusalem and to lay it level with the ground because they knew not the day of their visitation. They had been visited by the Lord Jesus Christ and that nation rejected Him, neglected Him, dishonored Him and God leveled them to the ground for not honoring His Son. So we want to have a Christ-centered church. The first thing, this is the first on the list of things we want in the church of Greenville going into the future to be Christ-centered. That Jesus Christ will have the preeminence in all things done in this church. That is what we want. We have not fallen greatly from that. The Lord has led us to that over time. He has led us from having our pride in our proprietary doctrine to our love of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want us to be thinking of programs or people or personalities or proprietary doctrines that we can be excited about. We want to be excited about the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a person by His Spirit walking in this assembly today and who is inside us by His Spirit. He is a man, so He is locationally in heaven at the right hand of God, but by the Spirit of Christ, which is the Holy Spirit, He is within us, and He is with us, and He is around us, and we want to make Him preeminent. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, a very well-known verse, but one that tells us that we are right to get started in our list of things we want to do better going into the future by seeing Christ as the center of everything. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, very quickly. Verse 2, For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. The Apostle Paul could have preached on many subjects. The Apostle Paul was very well educated and trained. He was very intellectual and intelligent. He was eloquent. He could have preached on a number of subjects. He chose to dumb his message down from a natural standpoint is all I mean that. He chose to dumb it down to one preeminent theme, Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We want that to be the preeminent theme coming out of this pulpit. When, and of course, Paul preached on other subjects. Did Paul preach on a work ethic? Did Paul preach on the resurrection? Did Paul preach on the Lord's Supper? Did Paul preach on baptism? Did Paul preach on many things? Yes, he did. But he always brought them back to Christ. And preeminently, it was preaching about Jesus Christ that won the day as what he preached most often and what he preached most intensely. And we want to make it the same way. So Paul made that determination, and we are making that determination by this series of messages. If you turn to the next chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, which our young brother Colin introduced to the men in the back room this morning for prayer before we began the day, we have this statement in verse 10. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder in the kingdom of Jesus Christ and among its churches, 
Paul was a wise master builder. I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. See, Paul got the church at Corinth started, and then he left it in the hands of other men. I laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, the day of judgment, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. And we can continue to read here. A foundation has been laid for a New Testament church, and that foundation is the Lord Jesus Christ. And anything that we lay on that, anything that we build, do as a church, we want it to be gold, silver, and precious stones. They survive fire. They're actually purified by fire and exposed by fire. But wood, hay, and stubble get burned up. We do not want popularity. We do not want to be here for pleasure. We don't want to be here for people. We don't want to be here for anything primarily except the Lord Jesus Christ. And we don't want things coming out of this pulpit. We don't want testimonies by athletes. We don't want entertainment. We don't want movies. We want preaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. Otherwise, it's going to get burned up in the great day of judgment. This passage goes on and it says this. Verse 16. Verse 4. Let's get verse 14. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, and this is a minister. This is a minister. He shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But if he's one of God's elect, he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Now watch this carefully. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. This is not referring to your physical body. The context tells us what this is referring to. It's the body of the local church. Verse 7, if you want the physical body that's called the temple of the Holy Ghost, then you need to go to chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. This is one of countless examples of rightly dividing the word of truth. The context limits us to the church right here. So we have verse 17, if any man defile the temple of God, this is not defiling your body with tobacco. This is, def- this is a minister defiling the church of the Lord Jesus Christ Him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. So the the foundation is Christ. You can see the point. Look at Galatians chapter 6. And the warning is severe back there. As we turn to Galatians 6, the warning is severe that we don't want to build any wood, hay, and stubble on the foundation of Jesus Christ. We want to be a Christ-centered church. When you meet us, you hear about Christ. When you hear us preach, you hear us preach about Jesus Christ. When we sing, we sing about Christ. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's everything to us. He's the great shepherd of the sheep. He's the bishop of our souls. He's he's our priest. He's our apostle of our profession. He's our high priest. He's our friend. He's our brother. He's our confessor. He's our intercessor. He's our mediator. He's everything. And He's glorious. And He's worthy of your best esteem, as we have sung. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 14, But God forbid that I should glory. 
God forbid, the strongest language in the New Testament, God forbid that I should glory to get excited and enthusiastic and thrilled and joyful. God forbid that I should glory except in one thing, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. We don't want to glory in politics. We don't want to glory in conspiracies. We don't want to glory in doctrinal knowledge. Although we love doctrine, we can't know Christ or right without true doctrine. But we want to glory in the Lord Jesus Christ and in His cross. This verse is identical to, I determine not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified, that crucifixion being represented by the instrument of crucifixion, the cross. We want to be a church that gets excited. We want to be a church that glories in something. And we want to glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. That cross that hung the Son of God between heaven and earth and brought about an earthquake that rent and tore stones and rocks, that tore the veil from top to bottom, that caused darkness for three hours over the whole earth. We want to glory in that cross. We don't glory in the cross by having one on a steeple. We don't glory in the cross by having one around my neck or your neck. And if you've got one around your neck, I'll buy it from you. With a promise that we won't exclude you. Just sell it back to me. You don't, we don't, that's not the cross that we worship. We worship the event that took place on the cross. Not the piece of wood or the piece of silver. You know, people actually think they're closer to God by having a silver necklace with a cross hanging on it, you know, on their chest. What in the world? They're just like the Pharisees that had phylacteries, boxes of Scripture tied on their foreheads. I'm a Bible believer. i got a box of Scripture on my forehead. I've got one on my right arm. You know, you guys, I'd rather have you have a tattoo with a piece of barbed wire on your right bicep than a phylactery. Don't take that point too far. We want to worship the event of the cross. The event of the cross. Lord, help us do that. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news and the glad tidings, is all about the Lord Jesus. When Philip and the eunuch met, Philip preached Jesus to him. Because the eunuch was in Isaiah 53, and he didn't know what it was referring to, whether Isaiah was referring to himself or to some other man. When Paul told the Corinthians in chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians what the gospel was, it is Jesus Christ died, was buried, and rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. That's the gospel. And we just want to keep emphasizing that. That will do more good for us in all the practical parts of our lives than weekly preaching about the practical parts of our lives. Because the closer you are to the Lord Jesus Christ, the more you will love your spouse. The closer you are to the Lord Jesus Christ, the more faithful, punctual, and diligent you'll be on the job. The closer you are to the Lord Jesus Christ, the less bitterness and the more gentleness you'll have in your relationships with others. We'll preach on those things from time to time, but all of it's going to come back to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord has led us a long way in this matter, but we want to go as far as He'll take us. We want to remember that the great mystery of godliness is God was manifest in the flesh. God was manifest in the flesh. Who is that? The Lord Jesus Christ. The six points of the great mystery of godliness begin with Christ's incarnation and they end with His ascension into heaven. 
It's all, it's all about the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's incontrovertibly great. One second. It was just said in this pulpit a few minutes ago that if you had a second of exposure to an angel, you'd be tempted to worship him because it'd be the most transcendent glory you've ever seen. But the Lord Jesus Christ transcends their glory. Even the wicked ones that hate him fall at their, fall at his feet and worship him when he was in a state of humility. Get a load of that. They had to ask him permission to go into a herd of pigs. Oh, love the Lord Jesus Christ, brethren. Jesus declared that searching the scripture would lead to nothing more than him in John 5, 39. Search the scriptures. For in them ye think ye have eternal life. He said to the Jews, you're wearing it in your foreheads. You read it every Sabbath day. Search them. They are they which testify of me. And you know what he said in the next verse? And ye will not come to me that ye might have life. He already knew their wicked, rebellious hearts. Apart from his regenerating grace, they would not come to him. That audience only had the Old Testament. And you know what Jesus said about the Old Testament? It testifies of me. The seed of the woman in Genesis chapter 3, or Shiloh in Genesis 49, or a prophet like unto Moses in Deuteronomy 18, or the king in Psalm 45, or the desire of all nations in Haggai chapter 2. It's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a whole drama about God's Son picking a bride out of the universe of scumbag sinners and adopting them as His children and Christ's bride and creating a new universe for us to enjoy. Hello? That's the Gospel. It's unbelievable. Lord, we believe. Help Thou our unbelief. It's It's staggering to think of what He's done for us through Jesus Christ. You know what John the Baptist's attitude was? He must increase, but I must decrease. Is that good for our church? He must increase, but I must decrease. We don't want anyone of importance in this church, especially the pastor. He must increase, but I must decrease. We want everything upward to the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you need any reminders about the excellency of the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you remember a little baby named John the Baptist that leaped for joy in his mother's womb? What caused him to leap for joy in his mother's womb? Because the mother of his Lord had addressed his mother. Get a load of that. (laughs) I don't have... I don't have time to belabor some of these points, but just think about that. John the Baptist leaped for joy in his mother's womb because Mary had come in the room and saluted Elizabeth. Jesus said of John the Baptist, his cousin, he's the greatest that was ever born of women. Do you know what John the Baptist said of his cousin? I am not worthy to loose the latchet of his shoes. Is Jesus worthy of us making him preeminent in all things in our church? Do not angels bursting open the sky over shepherds in the fields of Judea, a star that led wise men from the east looking for a king, do not those things move you? That is our king. That is our brother, our lover, our friend, our high priest, our God. He is everything to us. 
Paul counted all things in law, in life, loss and dung for the excellency of Christ. Look in John chapter 12 when some of our brothers, some of our Gentile brothers made it to the Passover. They weren't fully welcomed there because they were proselytes. They weren't Jews. They didn't descend from Abraham, but just, just a reminder of some words from their mouths. John chapter 12 and verse 20, and there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Gentiles, our ancestors, from the Jew-Gentile distinction, we would see Jesus. Sir, we're not really interested in you, sir. We would see Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? Are you a Martha or a Mary, as I mentioned to you on Wednesday evening? One chose the better thing. Martha, Martha, you're too careful about all these little details. Mary's chosen the better thing. She's sitting at my feet and she's learning from my mouth and you're running around the kitchen wanting to make sure the meal's okay. Oh, brothers and sisters, make sure that your priorities are right. Of course there's a time to fix a meal. Don't be a scorner and think that in your heart to me. You know that you're not loving Christ as much as you should. Don't scorn me. Humble yourself and scorn your foolishness. We want to keep Christ first. He's more important than the details, even when you're fixing the meal for the Lord Himself. Do you, my brethren, like Simon the Pharisee, think that you have not been forgiven very much? Is that why you love so little? You know, we had some lovers of Jesus up here last night because they've been forgiven much. We've all been forgiven much. One sin is able to send our souls to an eternal hell. Not even your sin. The one sin of Adam in the Garden of Eden is able to send our souls to an eternal hell. Do you think Solomon was special, my brethren? You know I've spent so much work in the last 15 years on the Proverbs. Do you think Solomon was special? He was. But Christ is greater. Because Jesus said, a greater than Solomon is here. Capernaum and some of those other cities did not give Jesus Christ the respect they should have And he said, a greater than Solomon is here. Amen. Do you think David was special? You know I preach much about David. He was. But Jesus is David's Lord. The Lord said unto my Lord, are David's words. Are you like John, a rough fisherman who laid on the Lord's bosom? Do you think it's effeminate and sissified to lay on the bosom of the Lord Jesus Christ? The Apostle John didn't. He wanted to be that close to his Lord. If you do not love the Lord Jesus Christ, or if we don't as a church, this isn't a negative sermon. If we don't love the Lord Jesus Christ, do you know what the word of the apostle is to us? Anathema, Maranatha. Let the judgment of Christ be on you, it is coming. Lord, save us from such a plight and foolish waste of your grace. Do you grieve at times like Mary? Wondering where they have put your Lord because you don't see Him presented enough? Real Christians rejoice with joy unspeakable and see the Lord Jesus Christ as precious. Do you love the Messianic Psalms? 
Those are the Psalms that are about the Lord Jesus. What's your favorite passage about Jesus Christ? If I were to ask you and have you stand and tell us, do you have something that you could bring to mind that you truly have read and thought about that's about the Lord Jesus Christ? Or would you be bankrupt for a number of minutes while you made one up? This, these are the, this, is, this is what we want to do in our church to uh, make Him preeminent. Is it the desire of all nations making Zerubbabel's temple more glorious than the first? I'll share a few of mine. That's the privilege of the pulpit. Romans chapter 5. Is it all the doctrinal blessings of our salvation in Romans 5? Is it Hebrews 1 that I had you read last evening? Is it Revelation 5, Jerry? Okay. Uh, where the Lord Jesus Christ ascended up into heaven. If you delight in glorious conquering strength and see your Lord on His white horse. If you delight in compassion and gentleness, then listen to Mary with the gardener in the Garden of Gethsemane. Oh yes. Gardener, do you know where they've put Him? Mary. That is the Lord of glory and how much He loves each of us. Go and tell the disciples and Peter that I am coming. Do you know how wonderful that was to mention Peter by name? Do you know what that meant to him when she came running into a room of the eleven apostles? I saw the Lord! And He said to go tell you disciples and you Peter by name that He's coming to see you. Sinners, there's relief at the cross. There's relief in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's relief at His feet. He loves us. He's the blessed and only potentate, but He stoops down to us. He has defeated devils in the wilderness. He obtained their worship in humility, and He spoiled them at the cross of Christ. But He loves us. How can we change? God graciously led us gradually over 30 years to a greater emphasis of the person of Jesus Christ. I'm very thankful for that. If a greater than Solomon is here, let's exalt the gospel of salvation over Proverbs. I'll take the most heat on that. Let's pray about increasing the frequency of the Lord's Supper. Who said we got to take it once a month? Why don't we go to once a year, like primitive Baptist churches? What would be wrong with once a week? What would be wrong with every other week? Just think about it. Let's think on things, on what we could do to increase our love of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, for as oft as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till He come. Let's make all subjects include Him or point to Him, since this is quite scriptural. Let us choose songs that predominantly speak of Him over merely spiritual songs. We are supposed to sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I know that. Ephesians 5.19, Colossians 3.16. But let's make those spiritual songs to be about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now a hymn is directed to Jesus Christ directly, but a spiritual song is about Him. You know, I'm talking about songs like Precious Memories. We don't need to sing about your precious memories. We don't think your memories are precious. I don't think my memories are precious. I know someone who is precious and we ought to sing about Him. To you that believe, He is precious. 1 Peter chapter 2 and about verse 7. We will vigorously oppose preaching and preachers like Joel Osteen who have bankrupt content. Joel never preaches about Jesus Christ. It's contrary to his religion. 
His religion is a social gospel of prosperity. It's called a prosperity gospel by some who make it their business to analyze content. We must emphasize the experiential over the intellectual with the Apostle Paul. Look at Philippians chapter 3. These are some of, I'm just going through them rather quickly. I just want to mention a number of points to remind us, let's keep our church Christ-centered. Let's keep our families Christ-centered. Let's keep our souls Christ-centered. Don't spend all your time reading the book of Proverbs. Although every proverb you read, I can tell you the one man who kept the wisdom of that proverb perfectly, and only one, and it wasn't David, and it wasn't Solomon, and it wasn't the prophet Agur, and it wasn't King Lemuel's mother. It was the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 3.10, we want to distinguish between knowing Christ intellectually, like being able to dot all our I's and cross our T's about His Sonship, and knowing Him experientially, that is, knowing how to live Christ every day. Look at how Paul put it in verse 10 of Philippians 3, that I may know Him. So we're talking about knowledge of Christ, but notice how he describes it and defines it. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. Paul was not asking to know how many megatons of power were released when the stone was rolled away and Jesus came forth and received a new body. I mean, was glorified, was resurrected from the dead. He's referring to a changed life. I want to know the power of the resurrection of Christ because our regeneration is compared to the resurrection of Jesus Christ So I want to experience and show the power of His resurrection. We we had two resurrections last night in a local pool. We buried two people and we raised them again from the water and they were being resurrected to rise, to walk in newness of life. That's the power of His resurrection. And so we want to have that experimentally or experientially in that we live it. And look at, we just keep going. And the fellowship of His sufferings. Notice, we we have been blessed by the Lord and we are thankful to have taken the sufferings of Christ and broken them into four categories so that we get the whole picture of what Jesus went through on the cross. And that is good and that is part of the Gospel and it's conveyed to us through the Bible. But this, this is not knowing the details of his sufferings, but the fellowship of his sufferings, that we would be willing to suffer along with him, that we would be willing to suffer as cheerfully as he suffered, that when we suffer, we would forgive those causing our suffering like he forgave those causing his suffering. It's the, it's a, it's a different thing than just head knowledge. When we meet him, you're going to want more than head knowledge. The devils know Him. The devils know the details of His suffering more than we do. We want the fellowship of His sufferings. That when when negative events come into our lives, we cheerfully endure them because Jesus cheerfully endured them. And then it says, being made conformable unto His death. Notice it doesn't say just remembering intellectually that He died for me. It's being made conformable. I'm willing to die to self. I'm willing to die to things in my life. I'm willing to give up things and mortify. When when the Bible says mortify your flesh, it means to put things to death. That we're willing to do that because Jesus did it for us. We we want uh, an experiential 
knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to emphasize the Holy Spirit's necessary work to reveal Him. We have got to have the Holy Spirit truly reveal the full dimensions of Christ's love. No matter how I would slice and dice the Word of God, no matter what kinds of rows and columns that we would put together about Jesus' sufferings, the Holy Spirit has to reveal to us the length and the breadth and the depth and the height of the love of Christ for us. Because it passes knowledge. See, it cannot be obtained intellectually. It's got to be revealed to us by the Holy Ghost. And that is what we want from Him. And we want to, we want to ask that for, we want to ask that from the Lord. While we repudiate WWJD bracelets as so many phylacteries, we do want to conform our lives to Him to look more like Christ. We cannot be content railing on WWJD bracelets unless we're going to be living epistles of the Lord Jesus Christ. Only then are we free of hypocrisy. Let us not fret about government. For Jesus reigns over all. He's got a rod of iron in His hands. Who do you think is even breathing one breath right now outside of His control? Every time you get nervous or, or worried or fearful or upset, you're forgetting who's in charge. Right. He needs to let this country accumulate and treasure up itself to itself wrath so he can unload on it what it deserves. He can spare us in the middle of it. Amen. All Abraham did was see the fire going up like a blast furnace over the hilltop where Sodom and Gomorrah were. He was preserved. The Lord will preserve us. But it's, it's one of the ways that we glorify Christ and keep Him first. When we start worrying about government, we're forgetting that He's the governor. Let us pray, as Paul showed in epistles, for greater revelation of Jesus Christ to us. Uh, you're close by there. Look at Ephesians. Yeah, we'll get it in the second service. Ephesians chapter 1, it's about the Holy Spirit. Paul praying for the Ephesians. He spent two years with that church, but they needed to pray for Christ to be revealed more to them. Let's minimize talk about heaven for its own sake, but rather for Jesus Christ. And for anyone listening to this message, we do not have a serious problem in any of these descriptions. But we don't want to have any problem in these descriptions. So when we talk about heaven, you know, we've heard people before say, I can't walk to wait to, I can't wait to walk the streets of gold. I'm not, I'm not, I've never even, Lord, don't even let us think about the streets of gold. Let us think about what's at the end of the street of gold. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, somebody's got a problem. Listen, we'll give you five bucks and you can go get yourself a a couple happy meals at McDonald's if all you're caring about is your belly and thinking about gold like that. Let's Let's minimize talk about heaven for its own sake, but rather for the sake that Jesus Christ is there. When Paul talked about dying and going to heaven, he talked about it this way. To depart... And to be with Christ is far better. It's to be with the Lord of glory. To have the King of the universe as your personal friend and brother. Brother, come over here. I want to show you something else. Remember Pluto? It's twice as big as they thought. Let's take a walk on it. That's so trite. Who cares about Pluto? The Lord made it. But Jesus Christ has much more to show us than that. And that's the pleasure that the Father has in us because of what He's done for us. Rather than be Baptists, and we are, 
Rather than be Baptists, let's be Bible Christians, as John was inferior to Jesus. The word Christian means we're a follower of Christ. The word Baptist means we're a follower of John the Baptist. And we're Baptists, and we're not ashamed of being Baptists. But let's just make sure our emphasis is always the Lord, Jesus Christ. Let us use the name of Jesus frequently, in spite of Jesus freaks that abuse it. In spite of charismatics that abuse it, they've never met Him. Not our Jesus. Rather than talk about God like Mormons and Muslims do, let us speak of Christ. No one can say that Jesus Christ and Allah are the same. (laughs) Oh, Lord Jesus, we want to honor You. You know, everybody will say, every pagan in this country will say, God bless America. How about saying something like about the Lord Jesus Christ? All glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. That just doesn't come out of mouths as often, does it? Anyone can say God bless America because you don't know what God they're talking about. But when you say the Lord Jesus Christ, they know exactly what you're talking about. And it's way too spiritual and religious for most people to even hear it unless they're cursing with it. Isn't that terrible? We want to use that name more. Rather than our proprietary doctrines that I mentioned earlier, let's make sure the person of Jesus Christ stands forth. Making a change begins in our hearts and minds, then in our homes, and then in our church. Rather than emphasize the corruption of Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Rather than emphasize the corruption of that verse, by 99.9% of all Baptists and churches and religious people in this country, let us embrace the invitation of that verse, because Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, the one that Matthew read to us about in chapter 1, in chapter 3, wants to come in and sup with us as a church. Thank you, Lord. While mocking foolish free will missionary folly, let us share Christ when we have an opportunity to do so. Let us be like Andrew and Philip and find our Simons and Nathaniels. Let's not be ashamed to speak of the Lord Jesus Christ. They weren't. And they're in the pages of Scripture for it. When we gather in public or private, let's speak of the Lord Jesus Christ and our salvation by Him. Though we rightly hate Baal Mass, we can and should appreciate the virgin birth and the glory of that event. That transcendent event. Those wise men coming from the east asking Herod about where is the king of the Jews born? Can you imagine the audacity of that question for for Herod the Great that killed anybody he didn't like or trust? Where is he that is born king of the Jews? What? You know, and there were a lot of little children that lost their lives because of that question. Those shepherds going in to find the Lord Jesus Christ. They were impressed by... uh, the angelic choir. Is it Hark the Herald Angels Sing? Are we ashamed of that song? You know, because it's got these connotations with Baal Mass. Hark the Herald Angels Sing is a great song. Amen. Joy to the world. Great song. Will you sing every day about Jesus Christ? Why not? Will you listen to Him then? By having some CDs of people singing of Him, about Him, and to Him. Let us make sure in praying that we give glory to Jesus Christ and that we pray to know Him more. Let us maximize our wretchedness to maximize His graciousness. 
Oh, wretched man that I am! Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Romans 7.24 I thank God through Jesus Christ my Lord. Romans 7.25 is the answer. Even in the Bible, we must choose Christ as topic and direct all topics to Christ. If you're reading the book of Genesis, and there's a lot of things in Genesis, and it covers a couple thousand years of time. It covers nearly 3,000 years of time. All of it is part of the drama being played out about the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to see Him as the Lord's arranging things, revealing more, doing more, to get Christ here in the fullness of time 2,000 years ago and us to know about Him today 2,000 years after He was on earth. We must think, speak, and examine to maintain our first love of Jesus Christ. We need to think about that often. And we need to, by God's grace, begging Him for help to revive us again to that first love. Do you have favorite songs to sing or hear or passages to read or hear about Christ? You ought to make them part of your life. Let's never let the Lord's Supper become dull, routine, ritualistic, mechanical, or perfunctory, which we're about to observe. Let's remember that this is the love feast, the celebratory memorial of the Lord of glory who gave his life for us. And he asks this simple little feast, this simple supper at his table, to remember that he came into this world and died for us, his favorites. He's made us his favorite nation. He's made us his own. We are joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. Those things you'll be able to review again on our website. If you were paying attention, you noticed that they were not drastic new things versus things were flushing. They were changes in emphasis. Changes in priority to keep the Lord Jesus Christ first. May the Lord bless the preaching of His Word.